0: story of a little boy who was writing a letter to God. He was a boy that was brought up in church in a Christian home and so he thought well this year instead of writing a letter to Santa Claus I'm going to write a letter to God and uh, so he was writing his letter to God and he wrote in his letter God I've been I've been good for the the last six months and he wrote that down And then he kind of stopped a little bit after that, and he reflected on that for a moment. And then he crossed out the six months, and he said, I've been good for three months, Lord. I've been good for the past three months. So he wrote that down, and he he was going to write his letter to God with all of his requests. And uh, as he was writing further, he reflected on that a little bit. And he thought, well, you know, God knows all things. That's what my parents say, and that's what that guy who yells and screams uh, at church uh, says, and so uh, I better uh, let me let me cross that out again. So he crossed out three months, and he said, "Lord, I've been good for the past two weeks," and uh, he was going to put his request down. I've been good for the past two weeks, and uh, then he thought a little bit more, and so he said, "Okay, you know what? It's not working." So he got up from his table where he was writing his letter, and he went over to the nativity scene that his parents had there in the living room, and he picked up the Virgin Mary from the nativity scene and he took her and wrapped her in a towel and put her in his drawer and then he came back to his table and he said God if you ever want to see your mother again <laughs> gonna keep the, he's going to keep Mary hostage until the Lord gets him what he wants <laughs> but you know like that little boy so many of us Try to keep the Lord hostage, so many of us do things to try to manipulate god don 't we to get what we want? You know this time of year is very interesting it 's all about gift giving and gift receiving, and it 's interesting. Think about your prayer life, should you have one <clears throat> and uh, when you when you go to the Lord and uh, you pray, think about this, reflect on this past year what you've prayed for and what's caused you to pray. You, know, you need something, uh, whether it's you know, my finances or my job. Maybe it is healing like we prayed for today. Um, you know, whatever it may be, we always go to the Lord when we need something, don't we? And uh, God welcomes us he welcomes that he wants to hear from us in fact Paul told us in the book of Philippians chapter 4 that we should make our requests be made known unto him through prayer right with thanksgiving through prayer and supplication so he wants to hear from us it's not that he doesn't but I was thinking and we talked about this this week on Wednesday was thinking about the heart of the wise men Think about the heart of these wise men, these magi that traveled so far to see the baby Jesus. They didn't come to receive anything from him, but they came to him bearing gifts and to his presence to bear gifts. Why do you think that is? I think that they had a revelation that many of us at Christmas need to get. And that is that though Christmas is about reconnecting with family, Though Christmas is about burying the proverbial hatchet, let us uh, come together and put our differences aside. It's about an extra hug, an extra smile, helping someone in the park or when you're walking down the street. It's about a, a handshake to someone you might not shake their hand uh, normally. You know, It's about calling that family member that you haven't talked to all year, reconnecting. It's about all of those things. But we must get a revelation that Christmas is about the greatest gift that we could ever receive, and that is the Lord Jesus himself. Abraham, had, Abraham said something back in the book of Genesis. He said, God, you are my very great reward. And I believe that that is a great revelation. There are so many things that we could receive that would make us Quote unquote, happy. A car, a house, maybe some new clothes, a husband, a wife, a new job, so many things. Yet Abraham said, Lord, you, you alone are my very great reward. See, I think Abraham knew something. I think that the Magi knew something. And I think we need to understand something. And that is that Jesus is a wonderful Savior. And he came to give us a wonderful life. Somebody say it's a wonderful life. life. It is a wonderful life. I want to read to you this morning from Isaiah chapter 9. We've been in this series the last few weeks. It's a wonderful life. We talked about how he's a wonderful counselor and how he brings us a wonderful peace. And just for a moment this morning, I want to share with you about how he is a wonderful counselor savior unto us amen Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 says this a child is born unto us a son is given to us you see for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son it says and he will be our ruler he will be called wonderful counselor mighty God eternal father prince of peace he is an everlasting father isn't he but he is wonderful what is he wonderful in well if you look at John 10 verse 10 it says the thief come only in order to what steal kill destroy but Jesus said I have come that you might have what come on somebody what you might have life life in all its fullness or an abundant life. Jesus came to give us a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11 say this. Then the angel said to them, Be not afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you, In the city of David, this day, a what? A Savior who is Christ the Lord. He is an absolute and unequivocal Savior. In order for him to save us, we have to have the revelation that we need a Savior. David put it this way. He said, we're all born in sin and shapen in iniquity. Now, he was talking about himself. He said, I am born in sin. But how many know that we're all like David? We were born into sin and shapen in iniquity. And unless you give your life to the Lord and accept Jesus as your Savior, that is the state that you will remain in. Now, I'm just speaking what the Bible says. There are many other religions and many other sects and cults and different things that are... Very tolerant and talk about us coexisting and getting along, and uh, I do believe that i don't i don't down uh, anyone else uh, you know uh, i mean they they believe what they want to believe here's the thing about it for a christian it's sometimes difficult, and Jesus made it difficult because if you follow another religion, say Buddha. Or maybe Muhammad, Allah, or a myriad of others. Well, there's a lot of things in there that allow you to coexist. Maybe not as much in Islam. But there's a lot of things that allow you to coexist. To say that this is a way. There are many ways to the Creator. And this happens to be one of them. Well, let me tell you how Jesus made it difficult for us. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. A few can come to the Father. No one can come to the Father except by me. So if you are a Christian, or if you are interested in being a Christian, there's one thing that you have to realize is that the God you serve, well, he is the only wise God. He's the only one, and there is no other. He is before all gods so that he might have preeminence to all things. He was here before it all began, and he'll be here long after it ends. He is the almighty God he is God and there is none like him now some may say well boy I mean he talks like that and he doesn't leave any room he does not leave any wiggle room I mean we can't uh you know we can't coexist Uh, you know we can't uh, believe some of this and some of that no he doesn't leave any wiggle room and some may say well I don't know about that that doesn't sound quite right to me but here's how it makes me feel I serve the baddest one. (laughs) Not bad meaning bad, but bad meaning good. Come on. I mean, the one that I serve is before everybody. Uh, He's undefeated. (laughs) Come on. And everything he says comes to pass. Now, I don't know about the God that you serve or someone else serves over here, but the God that I serve... uh, He never shrinks back. Come on. The God that I serve is before everything. Come on. And there is none like him. No one can challenge him. Uh, There was one that tried to challenge him one time. I don't know if you remember, but there was one that had a thought in his mind. He said, I'll make myself like God. Well, the Lord's son put it this way. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning in heaven. And so no one can challenge him. No one can talk about him. No one can even have a bad thought. Come on, about the God that I serve and the God that you serve. He's the almighty God. Now, that you have all of that in your mind, think about this. The Almighty God, the undefeated one. Come on. The bomb in Gilead, the rose of Sharon, the Lion of Judah, humbled himself and wrapped himself in dirty, nasty flesh. Like you and I. And he came not as a mighty lion. He came, not as a king on a white horse like he will in the end, his name written on his thigh, word of God, come on, a gold belt wrapped around his waist, by the way he has a 29 waist just in case you need to know, come on, but he didn't come like that, he came as a little baby boy, tiny hands, and feet, made for nail and hammer, simply to purchase you back from the enemy. Oh, he's a wonderful Savior. He's a Redeemer. He's a Redeemer. Now, here's my definition of Savior, in case you don't know what Savior means. Well, Savior is the one that saves us from danger or destruction. The one who redeems unto himself. Come on, he didn't redeem you for somebody else. He redeemed you, he's selfish. <laughs> he redeemed you for himself, for protection, for blessing, for covering. And he gives you an unconditional love. Oh, he's the one that keeps you safe. Come on, somebody stops you from dying or being hurt, damaged, lost, or wasted. Something I want you to know this morning, and this is from Jesus himself. You are not damaged, you are not lost, and you are not wasted. No matter what you've been through, no matter what the enemy has brought your way, no matter what your friends have told you, no matter how you've been hurt or offended, God is telling you this morning, listen, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Not that you could be damaged, lost, or wasted. That's the enemy's thought for you. But my thoughts for you are good thoughts, not evil. And I have an expected end for you, says the Lord. Now our wonderful Savior, he brings hope. Come on. Jeremiah 14, 8 says this, oh, the hope Of Israel his Savior in time of trouble what does he bring hope for he brings hope for eternal salvation not just to save you but I'm talking about throughout all eternity oh when God stamps you he stamps you come on when you're in the hand of the Lord Jesus he's not going to lose you some of us try to get lost (laughs) And he doesn't lose you. Eternal salvation. He brings you hope for a better life. You don't like your life? Turn your eyes to Jesus because he has a better one for you. You've tried so many things. You tried a different job, you tried a little more money, you tried being nice to people, you tried being mean to people, you tried climbing the corporate ladder. You tried buying things that make you feel good. How many ever went shopping and it made you feel a little better? Come on. I know it does. Temporarily. Because that thing fades too. Whatever it is you bought. But God's hope is eternal. He puts a stamp on you. And his life is better than the one you can make for yourself. He gives you hope for a restored relationship. You on the outs with somebody, somebody talking about you, somebody offended you, turn your eyes to Jesus. We want to go to them. We want to straighten it out. And that's good sometimes. But if you go to the Father first, if you go to Jesus first, you might say, I thought you said go to the Father, go to the Father of Jesus. Well, the Bible says that he is an everlasting Father. I just, in case you didn't know that, it's in Isaiah 53. He's an everlasting father. Come on. And so if you go to him first, he'll tell you exactly what to do. He'll tell you exactly what to say. He'll tell you how to act. And he'll work it out. Hope for restored relationships. Hope for divine and supernatural healing. That's why we prayed this morning. Come on. Doctors are of great value. But God is the great doctor. Uh, Because he created all things. Come on. He knew about cancer. He knew about colds. He knew about viruses long before any of us got any of them. And he knows how to heal them. He knows how to remove every last... Nothing surprises him. We may find some new things, but nothing surprises God. And so he gives us hope for divine and supernatural healing. And then God gives us hope for an abundant life now listen now right now you don't have to wait 10 years from now to have an abundant life you don't have to wait until you die and go to heaven to have an abundant life i want to tell you you don't even have to wait till 2016 to have an abundant life god came that you might have the abundant life now here today in his presence that's why he came We want to know why Jesus came. So we could give gifts to each other? No. It's a good thing. We should do that. He came so we could decorate the Christmas tree? No. I know some people say it comes from paganism. It's all right. If you want to decorate a Christmas tree, decorate it. Why did he come? So that we can sing Christmas carols and spread cheer? Not even that. Come on. All these are good things. He came to show us God things. He came to show us God things. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been simply technology, God would have perhaps sent a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, like many of us think it is, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. (laughs) But our greatest need, folks, is forgiveness. This is why God has sent us a Savior. He's a wonderful counselor. He brings us wonderful peace. And our God is a wonderful Savior. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. Hallelujah.